What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, all about sample size. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Sportsbet MVP online, sportsbetmvp.ag. Great online sports book. Any sport you like to bet, be sure to get any bet in that you want. How often do you find a sports book? where they have the games you're looking for, the sport you're looking for, but then they only offer a couple bets within those games. Get on, I mean, not unlimited, but pretty much the most bets you're going to find anywhere out there. You can find them at sportsbetmvp.ag. Give them a follow on Twitter as well, at sportsbet underscore MVP. All right, on today's show, all about sample size. We uh, talk about it occasionally on here, and it's so important to to get into sample size, what it means, how it's important in sports betting, and really how it's important in data and statistics in general. Because sample size is something that I think a lot of people talk about, but it's something that that is so crucial and should be, you know, uh, known and talked about amongst bettors all the time. Sample size is crucial. It's all about sample size. Everything we do as sports bettors is about sample size, right? Because as sports bettors, we are concerned with the data, with statistics, with all different kinds of numbers that equate to wins or losses, right? It's not just the key to discovering things in sports betting. It's the key to discovering things all throughout data, statistics, and you can predict pretty much anything in life if you have enough sample size. This is why you know, insurance companies are able to so accurately predict certain things, right? Over sample size with enough people, enough data, you can predict nearly anything. And this applies for everything within sports betting. I mean, if you look at a team, uh, like we talked about with hockey, which we'll talk about here, a five game series, that's small sample size. If you look at anything with, uh, with, with very small numbers, anything can really happen, even for our own sports betting, right? We don't know our true percentages as a sports better after 100 bets, 500 bets. We need at least 1,000 bets to really know how good of a sports better we are in any given sport. And I'd say we need 1,000 bets, yeah, in those sports, right? Not 1,000 overall, but we need 1,000 NBA bets to know how good are we at the NBA. Sample size matters. Why does sample size matter? Because anything can happen short sample. Anything can happen in one game or a three-game or five-game series. You give me a nice long season, a lot of data, a lot of numbers, we can tell you who are the actual, you know, who are the really good teams? Who are the teams who are truly better? In hockey, the Montreal Canadiens just beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in uh, four games. They beat them 3-1. You think I'm about to sit here and now say Montreal's a better team than Pittsburgh? It's crazy. It's not even close. Well, how'd they win, Tyler? Small sample size. That's how things like this happen. And you can see problems with small sample size all throughout sports. I mean, if you look at the NFL, the way the NFL set up in general, sample size is an issue. I mean, I could argue that you need at least 30, if not 45, 50 games to know how good a team is in the NFL. What's the problem with that? Well, uh, one season is what, 16 games plus the playoffs? And if you don't make the playoffs, it's only 16. And then teams usually shuffle around. How often do you get a team with exactly the same roster one year after the next? And even if you shuffle up a couple players, that's a different team altogether. So sample size is a big problem in the NFL. In, in my opinion, 
you never truly know how good any NFL team is. It's kind of weird, kind of paradoxical. We'll talk about several paradoxical things on today's show, but that's one of them. That in the NFL, based on sample size, you never really know how good any given team is any given week. It's very strange. We can get get close. Professionals can get very close and guess. But based on small sample size, we don't know. And that's true. I think most NFL betters who are very successful would tell you that. That based on small sample size... No one can accurately predict season to season, game to game, truly on a tenth of a hundredth of a decimal point on whatever, you know, model you're using or whatever, how good these teams are on a week to week basis. And we said it for hockey. These five game series that could end in three games potentially, it's the definition of small sample size. If you're handicapping a hockey team who just played let's let's just use Montreal. Montreal just beat Pittsburgh, right? If you're now handicapping Montreal for the NHL playoffs, which uh, which are starting today, are we going to weigh heavier the first 65 or so games they played this season or the previous three games? Because what you're going to hear a lot of people saying and doing is applying what we've seen recently to their overall handicap. Now, this is a big debate. You know, how, how much do we weigh certain games? Because obviously, the closer you get to any given point, the more accurate those outcomes will be because certain things are relevant. And to bring this into sports, if there's a big injury midway through the season, your stats after the injury will reflect much more accurately how good that team is compared to post-injury, especially if it was some you know really big-time player. So yes, if certain things have happened to change why this team is playing, then, then the closer we get to any given point, the more those games matter. But if there is no reason to think that, if these teams are largely the same in terms of being intact, no injuries or no major injuries, no coaching changes, no, thing, no, no, no big changes like that, then many people, many smart people who you know are, are statistics really you know experts and they don't know much about sports at all, they argue that what's the difference between the seventh game of the season, the 27th game of the season, and the 50th game of the season and last game for Montreal? Why do they have why is last game so much heavier in the weightings? It shouldn't be, right? Uh, now again, if there's big changes, it should be. But in general, when we're talking about teams in the same season like we are right now for hockey, or for the MLS when they came back and played their tournament, or even for the NFL small samples. This applies to a lot of different things, right? You want to apply as much information into any given handicap as you can. And if Montreal has played, I'm not sure exactly the amount, let's say 65, 65 games this year before the, pan, before the break, then they came back and played four against Pittsburgh. Why are we rating these last four games so heavily? Now, obviously, here's a couple of things that have changed. They're in a neutral arena, right? They're playing in the same place in the bubble. There are no crowds. But overall, the Pittsburgh Penguins, again, it's not like they're suddenly a worse team than Montreal. Anything can happen happen small sample size, and we saw that come to fruition. I promise you, if it was a 10-game series, Pittsburgh would win probably 98 out of 100 series. I mean, maybe that's exaggerating, maybe 90 or 91 or 92 out of 100. My point is, you make it a long series and you repeat that process over and over, the better team's going to eventually win. But one five-game series, anything can really happen. See, that's the paradox of sports betting. Results 
don't always tell the truth because what we see on the field is much more nuanced and complex than boiling the results down to a binary outcome, which is a win or a loss. One team has to win. One team has to lose. Obviously, there's a tie in soccer, but still, there's three outcomes there. My point is, what we see on the field and what's going on on the field can never be boiled down to a binary outcome, but it is in the form of a win or a loss. So it's up for us to discover and realize when the true outcome is happening compared to not true outcome, but when what we can expect to happen, the thing that would happen the most often is what we're seeing happen. I mean, I lose games all the time where I have a perfect handicap and I win games all the time where I completely miss the handicap. That happens. Just but based on, usually there's one of two outcomes. You either win the bet or lose the bet. I have handicapped football games before where I'm like, okay, this is going to be a defensive game, low scoring. Oh my gosh, you know, no, no points. And if there's not going to be points, I'll take the underdog plus 14. And the game ends up being like, 70 to 60. I still win my plus 14 bet, but my handicap couldn't have been more wrong. So my point is that that doesn't mean I suddenly I'm a great football handicapper. That doesn't mean I know these teams who I just won money on. That means I kind of got lucky because small sample size means, eh, well, maybe I thought it was maybe most of the times they play, they would score a few points and they happen to score a lot there. Maybe my handicap was way wrong and the result just happened to be in my favor. But the point is, results don't always tell the truth. There's so much going on on the field. There's so much happening during one game. One team's got to win, one team's got to lose. Now tell me, in basketball, if there's a two-point game and the team down two scores a last-second, half-court three-pointer to win, are they now the better team? And you, your answer, if you're a good sports better, should be, well, who are the teams? What are the players? Who are the coaches, right? Because it's more complex than they won, they lost, they're a better team. I mean, unless you think the best team wins every time, no matter what, which is how a lot of you bet, but unless you think that happens, you know, I mean, look, betting would be a lot easier, <laughs> a lot. But the truth is, underdogs win a lot. I mean, underdogs win all the time. You know, why, why do underdogs win? Is it because they're really better, that they should have been the favorite, that the sports books and betters collectively have momentarily lost their mind? No, it's because unpredictable things happen in sports, just like unpredictable things happen in life. But does that mean they can't be predicted very accurately over the long run? Of course not. That's why actuaries exist. That's why professional sports betting can be done. Because if you get enough data, you know that if certain teams play and you have a good handicap and your handicap is way off, and you trust your process, you trust how you got that number, you trust your... That's fine. You shouldn't dwell because you just lost the game, got blown out. Things will happen. It's about knowing your process. That's really what this all boils down to. And how do you know your process? How do you come up with a good process? You incorporate lots of data that incorporate... You incorporate lots of data that takes into account months, years, seasons, and seasons of history. That's what you need to get that kind of data. And that's really, from a self-evaluation standpoint as betters, that's why it's so difficult to self-evaluate. I mean, how do you really know what the odds of any given game should be? Because the outcome is going to be a one and done usually, unless it's a seven game series, but then that's seven individual results if it goes seven games. If you think the Broncos should be a four point underdog to the Patriots, 
and they lose by exactly four, I would still argue that most times your handicap is still not exactly right. You just, it just happened to land on four. It's just a ha- happen of circumstance. If that same game happens and the Patriots win by 30, you know, does that mean that your number was that wrong? Because I think that in, in any given season with weather changes or certain injuries, whatever, you could get both outcomes. Hell, if you had the same team playing the same day and you just repeated the scenario, you had a time machine and went back, I think we can get that in the same day. Outcomes are strange when you get one game in sports. So that's tough to say, well, look, I know for a fact the Broncos should have been a four-point underdog and the Patriots should have been a four-point favorite. And even though... Whatever team I bet on didn't cover the spread. I know my number was right. You never really know because we just move on. Time moves on. They play the next game. Things change. Injuries happen, right? You never really know on a game-to-game basis how accurate or inaccurate these numbers are because there's nothing to reflect on. There's, There's no answer book. There's no true answer key, you know? You just have to have a good system that you really believe in, incorporate as much math and as much big data as you can, and trust your process. I know it sounds cliche, but that's really what about good, what good sports betting is about. Trusting the process. Anyone's going to have a 9-3 and three streak. Anyone's also going to have a 3-9 and nine streak. If you go 9-3 and three in 12 bets, that does not mean you're a good sports better. If you go 3-9 and nine in 12 bets, that does not mean you're a bad sports better. Right, you know how I'd want to know if you're good, good or bad sports better. Let me look at your last ten thousand bets. Then we'll know: Are you a good sports better or a bad sports better? It's all about sample size. And when we're handicapping certain things like baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, whatever it is, take that into account. I mean, the MLS and soccer starts back up again very soon. I promise you, a lot of handicappers and frankly, probably a lot of books will take into account what happened in Orlando in the MLS's back tournament way too heavily. I mean, some teams played three games in hot, hot, hot Orlando weather, feeling hot, hot, hot Orlando weather. A lot of them, you know, don't play well on the road or in Orlando in the first place. A lot of them were distracted, wanted to get the hell out of there anyway. So to think that you can just apply what happened in Orlando to the rest of the MLS season is crazy. You know, I promise you certain teams like the Colorado Rapids or the the uh, Real Salt Lake, they're much better than they showed in the tournament. And I guarantee you, uh, Orlando City, even though they're in the, the championship tomorrow, and Minnesota United, teams like that are far worse than they played in the tournament. So big data will eventually rule. or It all comes to... Fr- it doesn't matter. This is not an opinion thing, right? At the end of the day, your bank account will thank you if you take, this, if you take all this new information into account. Because big data and sample size doesn't care whether you agree with it or not. It's going to happen and it's going to eventually end up, like I said, coming to fruition. So sample size matters. With ourselves betting, with these teams we're betting on, anything can happen in the course of 5, 10, 15, 100 games. Anyone can have a 60% NFL season. It's about doing it again and again and again and again and again. All right. Thanks for listening. Good luck. So many sports on today and tomorrow. We'll talk to you soon on the Sharp Angle. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.